0: all right what's up guys so here we are back on the living dream people of austin podcast and today we have dante gibson real estate developer and entrepreneur with us and we're going to get to hear a little bit about his dreams and goals and how we can help him out dante how you doing
1: hey i'm good man how you
0: doing doing well doing well thank you for asking so you know we like to just jump right into it so if you could start by telling us a little bit about your family where you're from and some of the stuff you like to do for fun
1: okay yeah man um uh, let me see. Uh, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina, uh, born and raised. Uh, and my family consists, of, I mean, I moved out to Texas, uh, really, but not by choice, because I was in the military. So I had to move out here because the military sent me to Fort Hood. I retired out in 2009. Uh, traveled around the world in the military, United States, whatever you want to think about in the military, that's what I did. Uh, two combat tours in Iraq Um, so but my family is kind of my my heart so we got uh, my wife married 18 years coming up in September Uh, I had three boys and also kind of a hidden gem in our life is uh, me and my wife took custody of her brothers and sisters when they were kids uh, teenagers because their, their grandmother passed away. So at the uh, age of 25, I took custody of uh, her 17-year-old, 16-year-old, uh, 17-year-old brother, 16-year-old sister, uh, 12-year-old brother, and another 11-year-old brother. So um, our family uh, grew. Uh, so when we got to Austin, they they are married, and they all have children now. They all have uh, about three four kids apiece. So <laughs> my family has has grown. So I'm kind of uh, a patriarch of a huge, huge legacy that we built in here. So it's, it's it's a wonderful thing for my family. So what I had to do for fun is, man. I, I mean, I love business, man. So uh, I love teaching. I love educating. I love talking about business. So um, other than that, outside of that, man, me and my wife go walking every day. Go to the gym every day. Uh, We try to stay uh, healthy as possible because I believe that you have to be healthy as well when you're wealthy. So uh, that's a big key for me.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Um, And so you said we know you're a real estate developer, but tell us a little bit more about that uh, kind of your journey.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) uh, so I've been in real estate now probably uh, about 15 years I started off as an investor um, like most people do wholesaling uh, running around trying to find deals uh, cold calling knocking on, knocking on doors going to the courthouse picking up uh, uh, people that were foreclosure lists and all these things different things I was doing back in 2009 2008 when the market crashed uh, that did pretty good for me uh, Then I ventured into being an agent, uh, which was a pretty good decision to make at this time, Uh, but it was a big buyer's market. So really people wasn't selling their homes. People wasn't, um, I mean, they were selling their homes, trying to get out of debt, but there wasn't a lot of buyers besides investors and it was buying like 30 30 cents on a dollar. So, I mean, we we definitely um, hit that market really well. Uh, And then I went to as uh, from agent to commercial agent, and I worked with a lot of commercial developers, uh, a lot of people that were uh, in the industry, uh, big time in the industry. that was making a lot of money in the commercial development space. Uh, I got my foot wet in that. That was pretty great to do. Uh, and then I started sitting down with different people and getting advice. And one of the biggest advice I got was from Mark Cuban. Uh, at a luncheon in, in Dallas. It was um, it was awesome. Uh, pulled him aside, asked him, like, what could I do to improve myself as an agent? Because I want to get into the luxury real estate market. And the advice he gave me was uh, profound. He told me that you're swimming in the same pond that everyone else is swimming in. You need to get into the different pond. Everyone's chasing the 3% commission. Everyone's chasing, trying to be the best buyer's agent, trying to be the best listing agent. And that pool of so many agents, how you going to set yourself apart? Because wealthy people uh, tell their children to get a license or tell their niece to get a license or tell their nephew to get a license. They use that in the family, to keep that money in the family. So how do you break through that market? He was like you jump jumping into the long pond. He said, you smart enough, you can just jump into the other pond, which the other pond is real estate development, real estate investor. Uh, not investor as far as... Uh, small investments here and there, but real estate, big investments, uh, jump into the development side. And I decided to jump into the development side, man, um, with that advice, but it took me a couple of years, man. I had to read, I had to study, I had to get educated. Um, I think probably the biggest issue is people think they can just jump into it without actually doing their homework. Uh, so when I did that, I set some time apart. part. It took me two years to get into that commercial development side. Uh, I did uh talked to you about some things before. I went yeah. to Atlanta and got with a brother who was running a commercial uh, office building, and he was failing. It was failing completely. Uh, no tenants, no nothing. Um, I think it was like at maybe 10% occupancy when I got there. I told him, I said, hey, man, let me come in. Let me partner with you. Let me uh, improve your office space. I'm a real estate guy. Uh, at this time, I didn't have my license in Atlanta, so I just kind of let my license go at this time i like, I can help. You. I can help you grow your grow your office space. Just let me come in. Let me, and you can pay me, and as an equity partner, you can You don't have to pay me monthly. You don't have to pay me anything. You don't have, to, you know, I went I was willing to work for free, to show this guy that I was serious about uh, building up his his company and building up his office space. I went in there, man. We did. We turned it around. You know, we turned it around within a year. He at. It was at eighty percent occupancy. Um, I mean, he just blew it up. blew It was insane. Uh, From then, he wanted to partner with me um, on deals going forward. Like, he was like, hey, go find something else. Uh, I believe I can do this with you. So that was um, um, a rich guy that was willing to put his money behind me without me not having any money at this time, especially in commercial development. You gotta have mostly 20, to 30% down, you know, to get into this space. Uh, So uh, we jumped into, I was, we went and looked at hotels, you know, trying to redevelop hotels. We, was, we were just really going at it. And we we actually worked on a deal. Um, so in the commercial space, I had a deal in, in Jackson, Mississippi, that was, was working on uh, um, a new construction project in Baltimore. And then we had a, uh, another new construction project in Fort Valley, Georgia, which was um, which three projects we had going on that was, probably uh, about $90 million in debt, which is great in real estate, to get a $90 million worth of debt. Uh, but we had the mayors, we had city council, we had people that we were meeting with to uh, push the agenda of building hotels in certain cities, in HBCU City. Um, and then the pandemic struck. And it, yeah. it just destroyed the hotel industry as a whole. The hospitality industry was destroyed. Um, no bailout money for the for us in the hospitality space. So our business model at this time took a hit. Uh, we couldn't get lending funding. We just closed down. They they locked it completely. And I had to revamp my my business model. What what can I do next? What can I get into next? Because I gotta keep this going. I can't just sit around because of a pandemic happened that I lose sight on what's the bigger picture here, what's the bigger legacy? So I went into yeah. uh, I got, when I got my license back. My wife got her license. It was like, look, we got, we got investors. We got to pay back. We got people. We got to um, uh, show that we, we were real. We weren't real. was really taking money to lose money. Uh, didn't want anyone to lose money that invested with us. Um, we raised, raised over 200K in seed uh, money for these ventures, and the thing fell apart completely. And one thing you people need to know about commercial real estate is. When you get ready to buy commercial real estate, you have to put up a lot of upfront money, um, like pay for appraisals. So we had appraisals for three properties. You have to pay for franchise fees for three proper, three of those properties, which range from 25 to 50 K a piece. Uh, Environmental surveys, um, uh, just uh, travel, you know, so you, you're, you're accumulating expenses as you go. And then when the deal fall apart, uh, the lender don't give all that upfront money back that you lost. They just yeah. closed the deal and you lost it. Uh, so that was a major hit for uh, for my investors to take on. That was a major blow for them because they they really fell in love with me and not the deal so much. And I always tell people falling over the deal, I'm not the person behind it, because things can go wrong. I don't want you to be sour at me. Um, but either way, me and my wife hunkered down it was like we put our head down and said we got people to pay back let's let's try to get this 200k back to those people um you never want to leave that reputation out there that you're doing bad business which is we couldn't help, help it it wasn't our fault uh, yeah but we went back to work uh we got our real estate license uh back last year in 2020 uh, may uh my wife was at school she met a broker and she was like i uh, think She's like, babe, I think this broker really like, he, he has the same fire you have. Uh, I think y'all should move. And we met over Zoom and we talked and he was like, hey man, you have fit for my office. Let's come in let's work it out. Um, We did Builders Walk because he worked with developers only. Just the great thing about this brokerage, they work with developers only. So yeah. they exclusive, exclusively work with developers. They don't work with anyone, they don't do resales, they work with new construction developers only off market listings. During this time they needed off market. Everybody wanted new construction. Nobody wanted to do a resale because I was scared of uh COVID-19. So um uh, man, me and my wife jumped into that, uh, got a listing within the first two weeks. And we took that listing. and I had to go and redo rehab the house because it was a bank the bank foreclosed The bank was like, look, we we just need to sell it. I was like, well, it's incomplete, um, I can fix it, I can work for you. I hire a contractor, I'll fix it. And man, we fixed it, we fixed it up, sold it. Sold the house for the highest price in the neighborhood. Um, then we end up going to, um, I went to talk to him, but we went to did a builder's walk, go back. I went to did a builder's walk and I was talking to a guy who was a lender in our office and he was, I was like, man, I can do this, this is nothing. Like they build these houses in Austin, I can do this. You know, that's in my mind. I'm right, all that's funneling in my mind. I'm like, yo, I can do this. This is this ain't oh, yeah. this is easy. So let me let me figure out how to do this. So I reached, I looked at him. I said, hey man, how do how does this work? What kind of construction loan do I need? What do I need to buy a lot? Do I need what do I need to do? How much money would I need? And he was like, hey man, I, he he didn't really have words because he just knew that my mind was racing. So he was like, hey, reach out uh, to Justin, which is my real estate broker. who like, I reach out to Justin and see if he can help you and see if he can lead you to talk to someone. I said, okay. So right then and there, I text him, hey, hey man, look, I'm walking through a builder's walk and I believe I can do this. Uh, i like, who do I need to talk to? It was like, hey, go talk to Zach. I'm like, oh, the bank that I just got the listing from, Zach? He was like, yes, he'll help you. He'll tell you what to do. So I test Zach right away. Hey, can I have a meeting with you? Uh. He was like, come by my office uh, tomorrow morning and let's talk. I was like, okay. So I, I dressed all up. I got nice and dappy, yep. and, and, you know, put on my cleanest suit I could find. and oh, yeah. Dust off the the, the shoes. And because normally I don't wear dress shoes, but I dust off the dress shoes. I got really nice and looking. And I went into the office, man. They had T-shirts,
0: jeans.
1: <laughs> I was like, man, I'm way overdressed for this meeting. But yeah. hey, I was like, I'm hey dressed to impress to my first meeting with him. So, yeah, normally we talked on the phone, we communicated through email and text. So we never met each other face to face after working for each other for a month. After working for him for a month on this house, I went in there. I said, "Hey man, how can I help you? Do you have any other projects that I can jump on? That that you that you see that I'm GC in this this house here? Do you have any more projects I can jump on to learn the game?" He was like, "Man, you're doing such a good job." I know we ain't sold this house yet, but guess what? I got seven properties in Lago Vista. How about I'm gonna make this deal sweet for you? I'm just gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the money to buy the seven properties, and then I'm gonna give you the money to do the new construction on. It. So okay, so you're gonna so you just gonna give me seven houses, seven lots, build seven houses, and I have zero experience. That's because I, I did the commercial real estate development deal. You, And it failed, but you want to give me these houses and I have no idea what I'm doing? Yeah, Like, yeah, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give you, let me see, 580,000 for the lot purchase, all seven lots. And then I'm gonna give you a a construction loan on top of that for another 1.9 million. Uh, I was like, like, Zach, yeah, let me go home and talk to my wife because this is, I not <laughs> to anything. I don't know what I'm doing. I like, this is unreal. Um, and he was like, no money down, though. He's, like, I'm telling you, no money down, no interest payments. Just take these headaches off my hand. Um, and we'll be an equity partner. You keep 70%, I keep 30 hey, whatever. Hey, just, just build these houses, get these houses off my back. I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I said, all right, cool. I came home talking to my wife. My wife, she was blown away. She's like, what you gonna do? I called Justin. Justin said, Hey man, see if you can take one house at a time. Because new builders only do first house, they do is one. Yeah. I was like, I said, man, I'm gonna have to take all seven. I know this. I looked at my i have to do all seven at the same time. I don't know, I'm gonna do it. And sure enough, man. I called him back. I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. He said, okay, it's all seven or nothing. He said, it's all seven or nothing. I said, man. I said, yeah, sign me up. All seven. I take it. And within Beautiful. three weeks, we closed on the lots, man, and, and been in uh, real estate development ever since, man. So my first deal was, uh, was seven houses to build. And we're in the process. We're building those houses right now. So that's how I got into real estate development. Sorry for the long story, but kind of. Nah, man, I on. love it. Kind of interesting story,
0: though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there was so much in there. I love how one you like had that failed commercial development deal, but you were like, "Okay, can't sit on my butt. Got to get back in the game." Yeah. I think a, a lot of people stop at that failure right there, and then just in life and like typical real estate investors who are successful, they didn't stop. But all the people who got burned by real estate and stopped yeah. and had to have a bad taste in their mouth. It's because they didn't persevere. So I really like that. I also like your mindset towards the who do I need to talk to? what's the next step I need to take? just going after it, taking that action.
1: Yeah.
0: Cuz man, a lot of people don't. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's a, yeah. it's an inspiring thing, but uh so now we know a little bit about how you got to the point where you are in your development business. What's your what's your underlying motivation behind all this? Like what what keeps you going?
1: All right. So the underlying motivation in this is uh from, you know, you, people always say, what's your why? You gotta have a why. You know, you hear yep. a lot of business gurus and uh, motivational speakers tell you what, what's your why? And I believe my why is is, is very clear. Uh, it's something that's um, eternal, right? Internal. It's an eternal uh, why. It's nothing that someone can teach me, right? Nobody yep. had to teach me um, the desire right um, so it's something that's internally built um when i was 17 my grandfather owned a uh, concrete company and i went to work with him during the summer after you know after i finished school after we finished school we go work with him during the summer to earn money um back in high school and in between football and uh all season we, we i had to work you know I came from a poor family. We didn't have uh, money. We didn't have, um, it was very, very small town, very poor. So I went to work for him. And first day I got out there doing the concrete. I didn't, I didn't understand um, the hard labor aspect of it. My mind went to who pays these guys? Who's the owner that pays these guys to get out here and do this hard work? Yeah. That's what I want to do. It wasn't the, the, you know, I I appreciate my granddad. He did this for 40, 50 years of until he died um, doing concrete. You know, I appreciate my my cousins and my other family members are in concrete, the b- business, and I just didn't see it that way. I just like, okay, what's the who who has, who's behind the money? That was my goal. Like, I don't want to do this manual labor. I want to the money, and that's been my desire ever since. So it's something that's that's built built inside of me it, it was nothing that I even to today like it's a something that's built in me that has me going there's no um uh, my wife yeah she's she's my wife but if, if she wasn't my wife it'd still be this in just desire to do it um, yeah my kids like people have to have something on the deep inside of them to make them want to keep going. It just can't be family. It just can't be mama. It just can't be daddy. It got to be something on the inside that's driving them. Something that's deeper than uh, just a surface. Why, you know? Because the gurus will tell you what. Write down what's your why, and they'll write down their wife, the kids, their mom, their dad, and it leaves it at that. And then when the mom and kids and wife don't support them, they quit because yeah. it's, it's not deeper. It's, it got to go deeper than just this surface why you know something that has to be uh driven and you know i think a lot of this stuff is is built in you uh something that you know i i believe that uh, that the lord has has placed something in certain people to do uh do this work like innovators and and like we would never have electricity it wasn't for someone who never quit and and kind of dug into that that drive from within because yeah. everyone told him it was crazy. You know, everyone said that he would, that it wouldn't work, but he had something that was inside of him that kept him going. And that's what I believe. That's the, that's the, that's the driving force in in my business and in my life is, uh it's something in, in eternal, internal and eternal. I always say eternal because, you know, I believe in, in Christ and I'm an advocate believer. So, um, I believe it's always as eternal and internal that I live uh, the way I do and move the way I move.
0: So, so love it. <laughs> I love it. And it's something that you don't usually hear when it comes to your why. But I mean, it's true. If you're only doing it for um, your family or like even when you got to the point where your family's taken care of, now you just stop and you rest on your laurels and then it's like you get... Um, life just gets out of whack and get depressed and stuff. So yeah, it's always good to have that intrinsic and eternal motivation. Love it. Um. All right. So let's go into some of your dreams, lifelong goals. Like, is this something like where you're living the dream right now? You have some stuff you're shooting for. Like, what do your dreams and goals look like?
1: Okay, so look, uh, my, my, <laughs> yeah, this is ain't done. This ain't, better. well, I, I'm a, I got, you know, seven houses and I run a multi-million dollar company and I'm, yeah. I'm living a dream, right? But most people will stop. Yeah. Um, but I have something deeper. You know, I have a a deeper purpose, a deeper um, goal. Um, so, yeah, man, we're living a dream. I'll be honest with you. Uh, never thought it would turn into this. So... Um, but that's not going to stop there. Like we have a, I'm trying to get within the next year, trying to get to, uh, where I'm building neighborhoods, because if I started off with one house, most people, they jump to just two, they set two houses, they jump to three houses and I start off with seven. So my next goal is to jump to 20 in, in next year, um, yep. and do it fast and not really just slow moving. Like, I don't believe in slow movement um i kind of think five steps ahead what you know working on this deal close this deal okay what's around the corner what can i do next what's going to be the next venture and you stay in that mindset of what's next so that you won't be just stagnated and when this deal is over most people say oh i'm gonna enjoy my fruits i'm gonna just go to vegas or i'm gonna go on a trip to some trip to an island. I believe in vacation. I believe in having fun. But at the end of the day, I got to have my next steps lined up for what I'm going to do next. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, then look, my dream is to build neighborhoods, um, uh, stay a small company. We don't want to go to the big boy level like DR Horton or KB Homes. We want to keep it because we want to be able to control. Um, we don't want to put up just the same home on each corner, like track homes. You want to be able to to do uh, specialty neighborhoods, maybe 20 to 25 homes in each neighborhood, Um, and then get back into commercial development. And I believe that that's the the residual income, that's the legacy building income, that's the apartment complexes. Um, I believe in, um, like, you know, I I believe the office space is completely gone as a business model. I don't think people will virtually they will virtually do this. Um, I think the way the world is going now, that you have to evolve. And I don't think office space, renting, leasing the commercial space. So, Phil, I put an office there. Uh, it's yeah. where it's at. Uh, even gyms are kind of a dying breed because people got at-home workouts where they can they get just as big at home yeah. <laughs> with virtual yeah. gyms. You know, they right. like so you got to catch up with. This is why you got to stay five steps ahead or 10 steps ahead because you have to make moves based off the projection of where the curve is going. And sometimes most people stay behind the curve and try to make decisions on that. But you got to see where the market is going. You got to be very kind of, I would say, uh, use this term uh, more like prophetic in the way that you're thinking. You're thinking past the what the market says you looking around the corner and down the road and you know you got to think that far as a vision is concerned so my next goal man is to build a neighborhood uh, uh then get back into commercial development build hotels i'm really hotels i won't say hotels but apartments i'm not getting in the hotel industry ever again it's a dying route <laughs> too like seriously yeah. it's a dying it's a dying industry you know they say it have been around for a long time but really it's something some some business models Fail, and it's it's a dying dying business. So I, my goal is getting into commercial development as far as building housing. Housing is going to be where it's at. We have, yeah. We don't have enough housing on the market. So, and apartments. So maybe maybe down the road I, a couple of years I'll build an apartment complex.
0: I feel that instead of buying that. one,
1: you know.
0: So, building a neighborhood in my, next year. Building an apartment yeah. complex in the next couple of years.
1: Yeah. You know and, and try to go all out man I'm not talking about no 20 unit I'm talking about 300 unit five hundred unit farming complex I'm not trying to you no know, I believe in that that you can have bigger than what you than what you think you can have like you can strive for bigger and you know we, we always start small we start off with a duplex and we'd be like so happy with a duplex but why didn't you just shoot for the bigger ones. Why you shoot yeah. for a 100 unit apartment complex? Why you shoot for the little duplex around the corner and say, oh, I'm good with my, my rent and this, I'm going to rent this one out, live in this one? Like, that's that's cool. But it's so small thinking. Right? Yeah. Think bigger. Uh, yeah. If you can't, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just think bigger and try to figure that, out how to get in that space.
0: That 10X you know? thinking.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> 10X thinking, 10X, you know. Uh, yeah, Grant Cardone was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool to meet too, face-to-face, you know, kick it over with him, man. Um, yeah. That was cool. But yeah, man, sometimes you got a 10 you're thinking, you got a, a you know, 100 you're thinking, you got to think bigger than where you're at and think bigger than your experience. Like most people say, well, I don't have experience, so let me start off with a small project. And the same amount of energy that you, you consume in a small project, you're going to consume in a bigger project. You're going to have the same energy, right? So, I mean, I learned this in in this building, these houses. It's like, if I would have did one house, it would have took the same exact energy, the same exact learning. So why not learn with all seven? So.
0: Absolutely.
1: So that's my Uh, dream.
0: I feel that. I love it. I love it. So if somebody were to help you with your dream right now, how would they do it? And who would it be? Oh, man.
1: So, our next stuff is building teams, man. Because right now, me and my wife is a one man show. So we kind of uh, we kind of handling this as uh, a small two man crew. Our next stuff is kind of build uh, executive team, uh, uh, acquisition teams to go out scout properties, go out look for properties as an agent. Yeah, you can go out and look for properties, but I, I, I need somebody deeper than an agent. You know, I don't need somebody that, that's willing to come in and not just be an agent. I don't I don't need agents. I need someone that's willing to get grind, go, go behind the scenes to the owner and not just try to list their property, but try to figure out how can we partner together to build a community. You know, yeah. most of these most of these lands are for sale because of generation. They had the land in their generation, the granddaddy passed away and they or the grandmother passed away and they have this bulk of land. And they don't know what to do with it. Uh, real estate developers come in and partner with the owner and leverage the land for the loan, uh, and pay them out as the development goes and in, in payments. Um, and I need people to be willing to do that, that groundwork. Um, so I mean, so right now, man, we're looking to bring people on the team, uh, teach them about real estate, teach them about what we do, uh, executive assistance. Um, I believe that. Uh, building a team is 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 better because when i'm down and i can't go out anywhere or if i get sick or if i'm in the hospital or something god forbid but those things happen if you're a one-man crew man your whole business go away yeah like, you know what i mean you, you can't afford to take a vacation you can't afford to get sick you can't afford because your business just falls apart and uh, the biggest one of the biggest advice I got was, uh, you need to build a team as fast as possible. Yeah. So, and then put people around you that's smarter than you. You know, I don't know everything in, in the real estate space. Uh, I'm I'm not an attorney. I don't know real estate law. Uh, I'm not an accountant. I can't tell you how to move your money. What to move your money into? You know, like stay in my sleep. I stay in my lane. I don't try to learn outside of that. I'm not a uh, creator uh, instagram content creator. So I mean man, I'm not a website builder. I, I'm not I would never get on GoDaddy and, or all these wits and try to build me a website. No. Uh, I would hire I hired a company, a firm to do that. You know, I I, I hire out people that are smarter than me because I'm trying to be a one man crew. So I believe that's the next step is for us to, in order for us what we need help with immediately is is um uh, people that's willing in the work and, and not looking for a paycheck because they look for immediate gratification with a paycheck they need to see that this is a long-term thing you might not get paid for for three weeks but you gain way more experience and knowledge um in this industry you know it's not about just the immediate gratification of a paycheck I don't need people that need a paycheck I need people that that want to learn this through experience and not chasing just a paycheck. Right. Uh, because, you know, as you know, as an agent, man, you don't get paid until to to you close So you do all this legwork, all this work up to, to a closing that you don't get a check until you close. So oh, yeah. you work probably, uh, probably 120 hours on a project and don't get a dime when if the deal falls apart. They decide not to buy the property or they decide to go with another... They just somehow the deal falls apart before you go to close. And you work all these times for free. But yep. you gain so much knowledge and information and experience in that time. And I believe people are out here chasing paychecks, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. And, I need and to not people. Yeah, and not experience. So that's kind of what we need, man. We need some people that really want to do this, want to learn how to do it, and not willing to chase a paycheck. Don't call me like on week one and be like, uh, hey, boss, I need some money. You want to help you pay my rent, and I know we this is part time, this ain't full time. You can work with me for full time, and I'm mistreating you against labor, your laws. I ain't trying to do that, but in yeah. the, the day, I do need some people that want to tag along and get this wealth of information and knowledge and soak it up and willing to put in some work for free and then get the reward on the back end. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of how, yep, yeah, looking for that's More rough, like, inter- I don't want no interns, though. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want <laughs> no 18, 19 year old kids. You know, I'm just, I'll be honest with you. That's just, I got 21 year old sons, and
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: they can't work for me either.
0: So,
1: you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel that. No, I I
1: I need somebody with some experience, some life experience, or even some, they, they went to college and they graduated college. They, something they experienced, some kind of life, some kind of hardship. You know, yeah. my kids are spoiled, so they ain't experienced no hardship yet. <laughs>
0: yeah. I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. So, the way people can help you is either referring people that are good for your yeah. team or joining your team.
1: Yeah, correct. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. awesome.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. Alright, so now we're moving into the final section of the podcast. It's just Thriving 3. Okay. It's three quick questions about um, yourself, because typically we bring people on who are chasing their dreams and are either thriving or trying to thrive, so we try to figure out what you're doing so we can do it too. Um, okay. So the first, first one I'm going to ask you is, do you have a favorite book? And if you do, what oh.
1: is Man. I'm an advocate reader. I believe wealth in reading uh, you know your brain is like a computer so whatever you put in it what you what what it what it spits out so uh, most people put in reality TV uh, they put in bad food they put in uh, just junk um, news um, CNN fox news they whatever the case is that's what they soak in and then they they spit out junk you know they don't spit out any knowledge they don't spit out any Anything they just the reality TV is the game is the goal is the it's what they yeah. watch all day long, and that's a fantasy. They don't know that is is scripted TV. There's no reality. Once you put a camera in front of somebody, the reality goes away. If yeah. you take a picture of yourself, even selfies and take pictures, you, you're going to pose. So just imagine you walking around with a camera all day. You posing all day. Everything is. Is scripted TV It's not reality TV uh, because they don't really go after real reality. Those are about fiction stars, you know. They don't really go after the yep. reality. What's reality, right? So, uh, and I, and the reason why I know I work with those guys, I work in Atlanta. I work with a lot of those uh, up and coming movie stars, and, and they all looking for acting. You know, they they failed at a music position or music star, and now they jump into acting. Yeah. They figure reality to me as a way of getting active. But I I decided not to feed myself that trash and that junk for years. So I I began to read, I began to read about 20 to 30 books a year. Um, And all sorts of books, not just business books, not just, uh, I I read about politics. I read about, because I believe you need, as an entrepreneur, you need to know about politics and policies, and because it affects you uh, as a business owner. Um, I read about uh, history. I just, I just opened my mind up to read these these books. So uh, obviously, I, w- I could say the Bible is my favorite book to read. Uh, but that's the bias that if you're a Christian, you should read it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let, yeah. let me go a little bit further than that. Um, I would say uh, I'm, I'm reading this book over. I, I read this book probably once a year or maybe twice a year. Um, well, it's a book I picked up in 1999. Um, he wrote it in '97, so uh, it's "Rich Dad Poor Dad" by Robert Kiyosaki. Oh yeah, uh, that's the first book on everybody's reading list. They pick up, but I think they read it once. Um, there's so much wealth of information in there that you, it's a book that you have to constantly keep reading. Uh, it's a generational book. Uh, it transcends. It goes from generation to generation. It's not a a book that's for the right now, because a lot of authors write books for the right now moments. Uh, yep. I don't want to. Even if I'm, I'm inspired. You know, I don't wrote three, four books already. Uh, they're on Amazon, but uh, my net, those are right now books. Now, goal is to write generational books. How can I transcend a generation? How can someone pick up my book twenty years from now and be like, "Dude, this still on this this book is still on time. We're yeah. still going through these times today. Um uh, rich dad, poor dad, it does that." it takes, it transcends, it transcends through generation, right? So in 99, when I first read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the information in that changed my thinking. So every year after that, I would read it, and it would be something else that changed my thinking. And, you know, it just constantly changed my thinking. Um, So today, me and my wife, man, I read that book probably 30 minutes a day, out loud, I believe in reading out loud 30 minutes a day, they improve your vocabulary. Improve. I'm a country kid. Uh, like I said, I grew up in a small town, so vocabulary is very. You go to my hometown, it's be like, what did they just say? Yep, it yep. sounds uneducated. It sound, <laughs> I mean, it's educated for them where they at, but it sounds uneducated. So yeah. I read out loud thirty minutes a day uh, uh, to myself, or even to my wife and. Uh, and we just going through Rich Dad Poor Dad again, man. Just just going through it again, and man, it's so much information, man. It's so, for, this, for even the times we're in today. So uh, I don't I don't know how he wrote a generational book like that that would transcend through through generations, but that's that's my favorite book of all times. Love it, and I read, love it. I read it twice a year, so it's 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 a banger. It's it's one of those leave your head scratching. Oh yeah, Damn. you know. And you find yourself jumping into uh, employee, self-employee, even if you're a business owner and investor, you find yourself dipping back into this side because you don't hire the right people. You, yep. Your mentality is different, in the wrong. So even in what I'm doing now, sometimes I find myself jumping back to the employee side, to where I, instead of being the boss, I'm almost being an employee to my own business. And, like, no, yep. <laughs> yep, yep, you know. Yeah,
0: so, uh, there's this uh, new book that came out that is kind of in touch with you needing to like build out a team and stuff. It's called Exit Rich. And yeah. the girl, I, f- I forget what her name is, but she actually wrote all the uh, or she wrote a lot of the Rich Dad Poor Dad series with Robert. Uh, and she was okay. like in their company. And she was, I know this because she was just on the Bigger Pockets podcast. But um, yeah, Exit Rich.
1: okay, so Maybe someone want to check out. out. Yeah, I'll check it out, man. Thanks, yeah. for, the, thanks for, the, for the information, man. Yeah, I'll check of course. It out, definitely.
0: Of course. Definitely check uh, it out. And what is one way you like to care for yourself? When you're stressed out, when things are rough up here, what do you do?
1: Okay, so... I believe in working out. I believe nope. in um, decompressing, going and looking at nature, going looking at, going walking. Uh, Getting back to centering yourself. um, uh, Take a deep breath, go walking. I mean, I walk in and, and I go to Zucco Park downtown Austin. I walk, I look at the tall buildings, I look at nature, I look at, and you realize that your world is so small and everything is so big in this world. And your issues are very minute and very small when the, the world and the, the whole scheme of things, how it operates, is bigger. And you're Look at the beauty of everything that's outside, uh, outside, of, outside of you, bigger than you. So, I think, man, I, I go out to the lake. I sit outside of the lake. I always do things to to take stress off, as far as mental, uh, because the worst thing is, that you can do is is break down mentally in running your company and having stress and and not really know how to maintain that. Just you know, you you're picking up a donut or you are picking up something sweet. Thinking that, that that would do it, but it's only a short term relief. Like, are you going uh smoke weed or do drugs or some kind of yeah. drink, alcohol to try to numb that that mental break that you're having or that stress? And it becomes just a, a band aid. Uh, it has no effect. It's, it's very small. It don't increase you. We don't do anything. It don't bring any value to you. So I believe that most people. Um, in, in my space, they go through mental breaks and they wanna pick up uh, habits, bad habits, you know. They go back to what they used to instead of trying something different, you know. Yeah. Our brain is 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 basically built off memory. So if you constantly going back and you have mental breaks, you're constantly going back to the same thing because your muscle memory will send you back then. And you have to retrain that muscle memory. You have to go out and do something else. Uh, and figure out a way to maintain that waltz is, is definitely the, the kicker because as soon as you start walking you release uh oxytocin and you release and you get dopamine man all your brain activity begins to to release and uh man it's just a, a wonderful feeling man once you start taking those steps uh, not just walking around your house in the four corners of your house man oh, i'm talking about getting outside oh yeah Get some vitamin D, you know, get the sun beaming on your head and uh, you'll realize, man, how, how, how easy the stuff fall off, the stress will fall off at that time.
0: I love it. I love it. Take yeah. walks. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, what is um one action step you could take right now to get to your dreams of either building the neighborhood next year, which you might already have lined up, or... Doing the apartments in the next couple of years.
1: That's stuff. Asher stuff. Okay, so yeah, I see that. You question. might be doing
0: them all already, but if there um, was something else you could do,
1: man, Asher stuff. Man, look, I'm telling you, a lot of a lot of gurus always tell you to get up early, uh, nope. beat your competition early, and uh, I, <laughs> I don't believe in beating your competition early because you get up early just because you get up at four o'clock and that like you, you up at four and everybody else is still asleep like you're going to beat your competition uh that's you, you're still an employee at that mindset thinking so let's stop jumping up at four o'clock in the morning thinking that you're going to beat your competition yeah you have to create your own competition right so my next action step is not to defeat my competition is to out, outdo my competition by recreating uh, by certain developments that we do or certain ideas that we have. We implement those ideas and not just trying to destroy the competition. You know, we want to, uh, there's a guy I'm out there building with now. He's he's one of my good friends. And, uh, he's a builder and developer. And he's been doing it for 20, 30 years. And if my, my job is not to destroy him as a, as a competitor. My job is to create a house that's innovative to where he wants to learn how to do what I'm doing. It's not to to destroy his business, you know, um, I believe that. So, so what's next and how to jumpstart that is not looking for avenues to just destroy other people's business. It's kind of how we can innovate, how we can grow together. How can we do this together and build bigger, you know, um, so my next, my next moves, man, and jump starting is definite. Is definite how to, uh, how to, to just partner up with people to grow and not destroy my competition, uh, and not try to get up early in the morning at four o'clock in the morning and try to do it. Yeah. So even though this Zoom call, man, it kind of got me up too early. You know, I'm late early at 7 o'clock.
0: Hey, I feel that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm normally up around 9, 10. You know, you're yeah. in a successful company, you can get up at nine or 10 because there's nothing really moving at four o'clock in the morning, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you get up walk around pacing because there's nothing moving at four o'clock, you're going to work out. I mean, but honestly, how I, I, I want to ask most people this, and this is a question to ask you. How much money have you made between four o'clock and nine o'clock that makes you get up that early?
0: I'm- I don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's no money made for me between that time. Right.
1: So most, like, if you're not making money moves, then you're making zero moves, right? No. <laughs> so, if it don't produce any income, then it becomes less. It, it becomes just a just a waste of opportunity, a waste of time. Because sleep is very important. I believe in getting seven to eight hours of sleep a day. Uh, for those who think that sleep is not important, sleep is very important to your body, to your mind, to refreshing it. To restart it it's very extremely important to have sleep to function right most people don't sleep Yeah, you know? most people just they just get up and, and they don't sleep at all and i believe sleeping is very important so i try to sleep in seven eight hours a day uh sometimes six but if i wake up at four o'clock in the morning i'm only sleeping three to four. Oh yeah Man, how, how much break could I be? I'm drinking monsters all day, energy drinks all day. Uh, my stress level is extremely high because I'm I'm tired, I'm cranky. Uh, yeah. So sleep is very important. Man. So that's kind of my I didn't mean, go down a rabbit hole, but you know, sleep is very yeah. important. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, no, I love that. I I really love it because a lot of people be like, wake up at three, wake up at four, wake up at five, and I. I like the idea of having an early morning to have some time to myself, but it's like when you own a business, you got like one PM to yourself, you know. Nice. <laughs> so that that's the one thing. But the other thing is, a lot of people will be like efficient without being effective, or busy without being effective, and so they'll yeah. be doing stuff for that whole sixteen, eighteen, twenty hours, but got no results to show for it. Yeah, and um, it's just it's something to think about because oh man, I know, I,
1: I, I, yeah. I, I work. So I learned this from the military, man. I learned this from the Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps. And it wasn't about uh, the difference between the Marine Corps and the Army as far as PT, wise say for say, physical health, was the Marines worked out three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The yeah. Army worked out every day of the week. They were, they, they were just extremely no recovery time, no nothing. They just, yep. every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because I was in both branches. They ran every every day. Yep. And their bodies was different. Marine Corps, our, our bodies are chiseled. In the Army, the bodies are lazy and fat and sloppy. It's because they worked out every day, but they didn't work out efficiently. They didn't do targeted stream workout. They just worked out. They just ran. And yeah. the Marines, man, we work Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I learned that if, even in my business, my best hours, my peak of hours is between 10 and 1. That's where I'm most effective. I don't have to work from 8 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night to run a successful company. You know, because now I have time with my kids, I have time with my wife. I work 10 and 1, and those are Moment, like effective moments where i can really concentrate on my business yeah. um, and i seen that it grew by doing that instead of working all these long hours and working all these long days it grew um, faster by just working on those effective times and um I'm not saying it works for everyone but i think that you like you said people just work all day long and it never nothing accomplished they just working uh, they spending their energy you know I remember you posted one time that, I, I can't do these open houses like this because it's 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 not producing value. It's not creating, it's, I'm putting energy into this that's not producing. And a lot of times people put, keep knocking on that door and putting energy into something that's not producing. Um, so I would just tell people, man, just take block time. Say, Okay, I'm gonna do all my business. I'm gonna work two hours just, hard as I can on this business for two hours and then stop. Yeah. You know, I stop at one o'clock. If I have to go pick up a check from my, my lender and it's two o'clock, I'm gonna deliver that check the next day. I'm not gonna go out there to 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 a vendor and say, okay, here your check at two past two o'clock. No, I'm gonna do it the next day because I I promised myself I will stop at a certain time. Because it's not effective to keep going all day. I love it, and that's how that's how I maintain my mental, my mental well being in this industry, you know. So, and that's how I keep my family happy, you know. I, I can't, you know. People say, "Well, you gotta have balance." No, you're, there's no balance in building a business. There's no balance in life. Uh, balance is for uh, people with no money. People with no ambition tell you to have balance. <laughs> you know, people with broke always tell you yeah. to have balance. I hear people no. that don't have any money tell me they have balance. Uh, no, no, that that's not balance what I'm doing. It's, it's not balance. It's being intentional with my schedule, it's intentional with my yeah. time. Uh, understanding data. You know, I, I'm a data junkie. So, I, for this, I tried it for the first two weeks. I said, okay, we're going to do two weeks. I'm going to do this from 10 to 1 for two weeks and see what my production turned out to be. If it don't yeah. work, I'm going to increase it or decrease it i'm gonna figure it out and i began to put that data in place and man it's just tremendously when i did that uh, so I'm, I'm all about data i like to look at the science i like to look at the numbers i like to see what really worked and not just kind of oh man just swinging swinging by the hill you know at things you know so that's kind of my mentality and in, in time management and balance. There's no such thing as balance. Broke people tell you, oh, you gotta have balance. I hear that, heard that all from my friends. And man, you gotta have balance, but your income is showing me that you don't have balance. You have too much yeah. balance, really. I think yeah. show me that you have too much balance. You know, I never miss my son practice. Uh, he plays AU basketball. I never miss his practice, I never miss a game. Uh, because I have not balance, I just my business is affected during this time frame. Yeah. Right. So in in, in doing that, it allows me to go to every event, every my wife, want to have lunch and dinner, I'm able to do that because I've learned to put things from 10 to one is what I work on my business. So. Love it. Yeah, man.
0: All righty. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You got anything else you want to talk about before we head out?
1: Uh, Man, uh, I, I think in. I think in this in this space, man, we we uh, uh, the time that we're in now um, is critical. Um, I think people need to understand the times that we're in. A lot of times, um, we are we are dealing with um, I would say some of the hardest times of of our lives, and uh, with government, uh, with uh, control. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. You know, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I just look at data. I look at information. And I think most people need to take time and look at data before they jump out and, and be afraid and live in fear. They need to look at the science. And, and you know, you always hear, look at the science, look at the science. Um, and uh, they need to look at the, the data behind it, like go and do some research and stop taking what the news say. Yeah. Do some research and figure out. Okay, um, let's let's get to it. Um, how uh, how bad is the Delta variant? How many people die b- behind it? Is this a uh, fear tactic? Is this control mechanism? What what are they talking about? Because um, uh, the vaccinated, and unvaccinated, it's like they just they they building a wedge between people. And most people are going for the wedge. Most people are being divided on on a subject that's very up to you, right? It's, it's a personal choice. I'm not against vaccines or for vaccines. It's a personal choice. I believe it should be that way. Um, I believe that once politics and once people got involved in the news, I believe that it separated people, uh, uh, mask yep. and unmasked. Um, I believe that people need to do their own homework. I believe people need to to look at the opposite side of things uh, what fears me and what scares me about about um, uh, the state of the world we are in now is that the opposite of side the opposite opinion doesn't matter right so with COVID-19 the opposite opinion doesn't matter it's one side it's this or no way it's this you you get this or you don't get anything or it's it's and that's what that's, that's the what communism and Marxism and how much a capitalist. Socialism does it. It's one side of information and it squeezes out the other side. Yeah. Um, if I'm a data-driven person and, and I only see one side data from what they want me to see, man, how do I navigate that? I need to be able to see the other side. I need to be able to see what other doctor says. I need to be able to see what what What's the side effects? What the, what are other people are saying about something instead of just taking this one hard angle towards it and telling me that I need to do this, do that? What I have been a argument, and you know, this is where censorship comes into effect. This is where I mean, this is why people need to really not only do real estate and learn, but really understand the world that we live in and the dynamics yeah. of it and how to navigate that, um, so that you can put your family in the best position, right? Um, uh, I, I can see the difference in politics and Republicans and Democrats by what you wear or what you're doing. Like, you can almost tell what side of the fence people are on, uh, whether they're conservative, whether they're liberal. And it's like this divide that America, is, is, they, they doing and people don't understand that the divide is too. It's not only going to divide people, but it's going to divide wealthy and the poor. Yep. You know? Yeah. The wealthy is not concerned with I, I talk to wealthy people all the time. I'm around wealthy people all the time. They're not concerned so much with COVID-19 or or the pandemic. They they think like, okay, what my business is going to do? What my family legacy is going to be? How can this going to affect them? They're not really concerned with the day-to-day operations. You know, poor people are concerned with food prices and gas prices going up. Yeah. Wealthy people not. They figuring out how can I capitalize on the food prices and the and everything going up, what are my business going to look like? How, you know, I'm gonna actually, the consumer gonna have to pay more for this product now. And how can I do that? How can I marginalize that? How can I make more money in this in this space? So, man, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I think people just need to do their homework, their own studies before they take people advice, to talk heads advice, the, advice, um, the, the one-sided lean this way advice, and kind of yep. just figure out how to, how to separate and how to make decisions on their own Um, remove the government as much as possible out your life personal life Uh, you know they've been invading our my life for the last 18 months Uh, get them out of your life Uh, they don't know what's best for you Um, you know what's best for you you know what's best for your body you know what's best for your life Um, I think all this other things that they know what's best for you they know what's um, I heard of, there's a quote that's, I don't know who said the quote, but it says that if the government ever tell you that we're here to help, they're not here to help. They, The government never been around to help you. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I believe people need to get their, their power back as well. They need to understand that every elected official is elected by the people. Yep. We pay their salary. That means they work oh, yeah. for us. They work for us. We don't work for them. And if people understood that and took their control back and took their power back, our world wouldn't be divided. Our states, our country wouldn't be divided as it is now because we'll, we'll know you work for us. You do what we tell you to do or you get fired. And yeah. and, and now don't, don't stand for them closing your school or closing the business down. Don't stand for them telling your kids they got to work certain things when they work for you. You know, people don't understand the power in they work for you. They don't work for we don't work for them. They don't control us. What's happening in Washington D.C.? They don't control us. Matter of fact, you ain't doing your job. Get fired. It's yep. like an employee that worked for me. If, if if a contractor not doing his job right, he's fired. I move on to the next guy. Yeah, and that's how they need to do politics. You need to be firing people instead of just saying, "Hey, dude, you can do you can do whatever you want to do to me." You know, and, and people throw yep. their hands on me like, oh man, they know more than me. They smarter than me. Really, they not. You have the you have the opportunity to fire them. And I think people should be fired. They should have been fired Definitely. a year ago, a wow. year and a half ago. When they close all these countries, these businesses down, they close the country.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I I I met my wife at Starmart. My wife worked at Starmart. Uh, it's a clothing store. And uh, 18 years ago, I met her there. Yeah. That business is done. It's been around for 30 years and within a month of the pandemic, it closed down. Yeah. And you know, these are long time stable companies that closed because of people that we hired couldn't make decisions what's best for the country. They based it off their their ideology, uh, whatever control. I think it's really more control. Yeah. Uh, but you know, this is this is a. Uh, I read a book called Fe- "No, No." What's the book called? I think this is a book that your that your people that that's on the podcast need to hear. I know we're going longer than what I expected. I mean, um, oh, this this book is called "Fake." Fake. It's by Robert. Fake. It's by Robert Kurishaki. It's called "Fake." It talks about the uh, academic elites. You know, most people that's in politics. Uh, it's, it's fake teachers, fake. It, it just talk about academic elites, fake, fake gurus, fake. Uh, it, everything in this world is almost fake, you know. It's fake money. Uh, that it's, it's fake. It's, and, and he talks about the fake money. He talks about uh, money and how it, it rolls. And but really, the fake teachers really got me because our politics, our politicians, and Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever. Um, they went to a certain I elite schools. They become the elite of the world's uh, Academic elites and these academic elites. They have no idea how to run a successful business They never ran a business before they went from being a lawyer who's never actually ran a business student loan debt to getting into a politics polit- politics position and they never understood how to run a business, so you got the biggest business in the world, ran by academic elites. Yeah, the United States is the biggest business in the world, and you got people that never ran a business running it, running the country. Yeah. That, 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 that fools me. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that every politician should be serving the military, learn how to serve their country, and it should actually ran a business before.
0: Yeah, no, I feel that. You don't hear that. Those those
1: are two things that my requirements for a politician. If you ain't served in the military because you you got to lay your life down for someone else, if if you didn't do that, willing to lay your life down for someone else to serve your country, and if you didn't open up a business, because there's no way they should go in. Just look at them. They go in, and they are negative $200,000 of student loan debt, and then four, eight years, they work millions of dollars when they will leave the White House. How is that possible without owning a business? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How's that possible? That means they're doing some background. Yeah. Anything to do with you. That's not affecting you, right? They went to Harvard, they went to Yale, they learned the the lobbyists, they learned how to get, and just... Man, I, I, that's, the, that's the research, that's what I'm talking about, data, understanding the other side of, of politics, understanding the other side of this, how to, so you will know how to move next, you know. I think that's what people need to do next is figuring out the other side of this and read books on that and not just take what they said as valid information because at the end of the day, like I said before, they work for you, you don't work for them. For sure. Like, when they threaten to shut the country down, you need a revolt. You need a revolution. You need to stand up and say, no, I'm fired. And I have to fire you every two years until I get the right person in. Yeah. That's going to fight for my what I believe in and what I want and what I need. Because really, do they really care about your families? (laughs) Yeah. You know? but, man, we need some business people in the office, man. We need some business people to run for, for politics. I mean, I would run, but, man, I'm a – I got a bad background. You know, I ain't just gotcha. – I'm not a clean-cut you know, clean-cut business man. You know, I have uh, – I had a record. I have things on my checker past, so, you know, I ain't always being this clean-cut guy. They go ask friends and stuff. What I did back in my past, it would be devastating. it'd be devastating so no i couldn't run for office man especially but i believe that people that run businesses successful um that serve their country need to run for office because they'll put country first they'll put their family first country first and then um business they'll understand the dynamics of that they understand balance books they understand debt they understand how to run a um the biggest business in the world they understand imports and exports. They understand buying goods. They understand how to balance a boat, budgeting, uh, where to spend money, uh, where to save money, where to invest money, uh, all those different things take into account when you're running a, a successful business. And man, we got Yahoos in Washington that never run a business. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they come out yep. millionaires, you know, like. You never ran a business. How do you become a millionaire without running a business? How did you, where did you get that money from?
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, beats me.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I ain't mean to go down a rabbit hole with that one, man. Oh, nice. It's kind of, Dude, bringing it's up kind
0: of, stuff I've never thought about, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciate
1: it. You know. <laughs> so the next time people ask me what's going on in the country, I'm like, man, stop looking at the news. Because yeah. the news is going to tell you what they want to tell you. It's a it's a narrative they push it. you know. Uh, I remember last year, I'm going to leave that because I remember last year, my birthday and uh, my wife had this big plan for me and uh, the narrative on the news was uh, uh, black people are being shot by the cops or we've been targeted by the cops. And uh, I'm a black man so uh, I have my run-ins with the law uh, but I'm very respectful, you know, uh, I never disrespected a law enforcement officer that pulled me over i I don't, I don't have to teach my kids i don't I don't teach my kids uh to be afraid I, I say okay you respect authority all of authority whether it's me whether it's the mailman whether it is uh, someone that's older than you your brother that's older than you respect yeah. their authority you know your uncles you you respect all authority not just cops uh, and so the narrative last year was pushing that black men or black women or black people were oppressed. I think that was the false narrative because there were people that were, that was telling us that we were oppressed, that was billionaires. And like I seen an interview with two millionaires talking about how oppressed we were in the, in the United States and they're billionaires. So I'm like. Yep. Yep professional athletes talking about how oppressed we are the cops are targeting us and then you live in a gated community surrounded by cops like dude come on that's that's a narrative that's been pushed to uh keep you in the uh, keep you down and not really keep you forward thinking and really uh progressive thinking and thinking in, of your family they kind of I'm going to tell you how oppressed you are, how much of a um, failure you are, or how much the stat stats are stacked against you, or some certain class of people is trying to hold you down. Or, man, but those people are successful. That, that's what academic elites. They, they are. Uh, I watched a former president and a former NFL player sit down to have an interview about oppression. Yeah, black oppression, and they work millions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like, how oppressed yeah. are you?
0: <laughs> Facts.
1: You know, so I think that last year, man, uh, my birthday, there was a riot going on in San Antonio. My wife had plans. There was people rioting. There was people tearing up buildings and destroying property. And, and I think the narrative got pushed is that we were oppressed and we need to fight back by a bunch of millionaires telling you that we oppressed. Yeah, like. No, nah, man, that's not, we're not oppressed. You know, I've, I've been to countries where they were oppression, where there was under dictatorship, where they, why would let me ask you, why would people want, why would people want to come to this country legally if we was an oppressed country? Yeah. Like, yeah, why would they want to come here legally if we was oppressed? Why would they fleeing yeah. their country if we oppressed the United States? Right, oh, yeah. they, they wouldn't come, they would want to come here if we oppressed. Like, it's, yeah. that's a backwards way of thinking, right? People don't wake up and think differently. Like, go to Iraq. I've been to Iraq, man, and Kuwait. And these are third world countries where people are trying to leave because of the oppression. They, they truly oppress. They can't believe yeah. what they want to believe. They can't drive where they want to go. They can't get in a car and leave where they want to go. They're, they can't eat what they want to eat. Everything is handed to them. That's oppression right? Yeah. And they run to America where we free to do whatever we want to do, get up at what time we want to get up, eat whatever we want to eat, take money out of our account, spend whatever we want to spend, pay whatever amount of taxes we want to pay, but we we'll oppressed here. No, they come here because they want to be free and have an opportunity. Yeah. Land of the free. You know what I mean? So that's my big thing, man. If people just take that and, and move on that they wouldn't have to Sit around here thinking they oppress. Ain't nobody holding you back. You hold yourself back. And, get, and turn the yes. TV off and pick up a book. <laughs> yeah. No, straight
0: <laughs> up. Straight up.
1: The read. <laughs> so man, that's my rant, man. That's my rant for the for the day. I I, I got at least get one rant in a day. That's why <laughs> I get one rant in a day. <laughs> she me riding in the car, She be like, oh, nigga, your rant. Here it comes. The one.
0: I loved it, honestly. It was good. And you know, it's like you, you said like it was off topic, but when you think about it, it's really not because this whole like living your dreams thing, it's that getting educated, thinking for yourself, and being able to take that action. And it incorporates all of this stuff. And so yeah. people needed to hear it. People
1: needed to yeah. hear it. Hey man, I appreciate the opportunity, man. Uh yeah, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna I'm gonna scream this. I, I can at least get one rant in a day. I, I'm gonna rant a day. I, I do it. Yeah, I do it. All the time, one run a day. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, And, no, and, no. Never, and never, <laughs> they never go black. I don't get one run you know, <laughs> I hear something on the news, I'm like, "That they lying. I'm going to tell you why they lying. the data here. You know, yeah. I'm going to tell you real quick. I'm going to tell you real quick before we go, man. Uh, I always say that real quick because I'm like a preacher, man. I always say, oh, I'm going clear <laughs> out one more last <laughs> time. I got one more thing to say. Hold on. Hold on. You oh, gonna yeah. Go home. You're going to go home. I know it's 1 <laughs> 30. I know it's 2 o'clock. I know you're hungry, but I got one more thing to say. Maybe 30, <laughs> 30 minutes later, you'll be like, can I
0: go home? Somewhere? Oh, yeah. Let me
1: go. <laughs> so I got one more. I was in an office yesterday with a plumber, one of my plumbing companies um, that I hired to do my work, my utilities on my houses and uh, my groundwork on my houses. And they do an awesome job, right? And we was in there talking. One of the guys had COVID-19. He was like, man, I got COVID, man. I had COVID for like a week. It really, really bad. And I was like, okay, man, that's, that's horrible, man. And he's like, man, I don't even know what happened. We worked in this office for two years, no mask. We were a family-oriented environment. And then the owner came in and he was so down on himself because we was talking and he just looked. He looked at me and said, man, Dante, man, I did something really bad a couple of months ago. I said, what you do? I said, like, what well, was so bad that you did a couple of months ago? Oh, man. I went and got the shot. I said, you went and got the shot? He like, yeah. But it made everybody in my office sick." He said, I don't understand what happened. I said, well, I'll tell you what happened. Because I'm, I'm I'm in the military. I got every shot you can think of. Um, you actually carried the strand in your body. You're the, the you towed the strand. You carry the strand. You're the 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 one that everyone should be uh away from because if they're not, then they're acceptable to the strain that you carry. So you're mm-hmm. carrying the virus in your body at all times. Oh yeah. And the person over here who's not is not carrying anything. So if he's not carrying it then he's more likely to get it from you. So if 160 million people got jabbed in the left arm or the right arm, and we wonder why we have an outbreak, it's because they actually carrying the strand that's outbreaking everyone else. They, are, they are actually the super spreaders. I just want to throw that out there. It's, it's yeah. not, and he felt so bad because he was like, we've been here for two years and nobody was sick. And now they're getting it? And it's my fault because I'm the one giving it to him. He said, Now that's what the news ain't telling me. And that's what people need to know. Yeah. They it's, it's it's the it's told that if you don't get the jab, you're 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 doing a you're not a community player, you're not a a good neighbor. You're not being a good neighbor, but you really are being a bad neighbor once you get it. Cause now you're carrying the strand and wonder why it's mutating. It's because <laughs> <laughs> it Mutates yeah. in the body, you know. All vaccines mutate in the body. Uh, this is why flu shots are a year behind. You know, uh, you get the flu shot today or this year, it's for last year flu season. Oh, yeah. The flu mutates every year, so if it mutates every year, then you're always playing behind. You know, you ain't gonna never catch up. And science and medical is always behind. You never know, you never notice that they never ahead of anything.
0: Yeah, dude. If I'm being honest, I didn't get the flu shot my uh, whole life. My whole life and never got the flu. (laughs) I mean, I I was five, but uh, I I never understood the uh, flu shot and stuff.
1: They're always behind. It's always behind. Medical science is always behind. It's never forward leaning in medical. It's always something got to happen. We take that data and we try to create. Uh, uh, medical science to help someone doing the process of doing that. They never ahead of the times. So they never. It's always catch up yeah. in medical here. It's always catch up. So you got to stay ahead of that. So how do you combat that? You eat healthy. You exercise. You go outside. You do everything they tell you not to do. Do the opposite. If they tell you to stay in the house, eat fast food, get fat, get sick. Yep. Get diabetes, do the opposite. Yep. Because there's something that they're not telling you to They're not telling you to go outside. They're not telling you to exercise. They're not telling you to eat healthy. They're not... Vegetables are not cheaper. Vegetables are actually more expensive. So if they really cared about your health, they would tell you to exercise and do everything they possibly can so you stay healthy. Yeah. Instead of stay in the house and get fat. And then you got everything COVID love. Yeah. Covid love a sick body. Covid love an overweight body. Covid love, he, oh, it loves that it feeds off of it. Like the flu, flu feeds off um, people that are overweight, don't take care of themselves, that they, that diabetics are, or, or they got all kinds of things going on in their body because they didn't take care of it. Oh yeah, all diseases love that. It's a playground for diseases. They go in there and they have a party. In your body because you don't get they got you got everything that they love it's it's, yeah. it's set up for you right so that's it man i'm done, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. i ain't got nothing else i don't i'm i'm i'm, a, I'm I done i'm done, <laughs> I'm done. Well, all right man thanks for coming hey, on the podcast
0: thanks hey, for sharing hey, knowledge it, your man. wisdom with us yeah we appreciate, appreciate you it, appreciate your thoughts appreciate your uh you're just approach towards life. It's good. Yeah. Educate yourself. Think for yourself. Yeah, that's it,
1: man. Yes, sir. Hey, I appreciate it. Have me on. Have me on again, man, in about another couple of months. I'll probably have a different subject I'm going to write about. So who knows? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, you can come back on. You can come back all on. Right. <laughs> but all right, man. Thanks for coming on the show. And I think we're going to close it out now.
1: I right. appreciate it, man. Thanks. Have a good one. Yeah,
0: you too.